Hi everyone, thanks for joining this episode of the New Geekin Times. On this episode, we have an incredible and charming guest. We have an Instagram model and host of the Taxis podcast, Elizabeth. Elizabeth um, Duffy is an Instagram model and OF creator. She's a pro body positivity, creative arts, and exploring the depths of culture and social and societal norms. On her podcast, Taxis, Elizabeth speaks with guests about all things freedom, money, mindset, spirituality, and motivation. Welcome to the Charming Elizabeth, and thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. You're really welcome. All right, um, let's jump into it. Tell me about, um, take us back, tell me about your life growing up and, you know, your family and um, I guess the journey you've got to to this point. Oh, man. Okay, so we're doing like a full therapy session. Um, I was born on a cold winter's night. Um, So (laughs) I grew up in like what's called the Rust Belt, right? So like this kind of very like impoverished area that runs along the Great Lakes region. Um, and in so a small, super small town in Western New York. And I got to see firsthand kind of like how government policies impact, uh, poor communities. Right. So that's kind of how I grew up like on the government cheese and all that. And, uh, so I became like really passionate about, uh, just, you know, kind of showing people how they're kind of voting against their own best interests and how like, uh, lessening that kind of top-down authoritarian government actually implements uh, more freedom, more opportunities for people in low-income communities and stuff like that. So um, when I was like, I don't know, 22, 23, something, somewhere around there, I started making like freedom-based, liberty-based content like that and just, you know, mixing it up with my humor or whatever that I garnered through uh you know growing up the poor smelly stinky kid (laughs) that had to like you know get a little bit of a sense of humor for people to want to be around her um so i started mixing that all up on tiktok is where i started originally back when like tiktok had just switched from musically so like in the og um except i got my original account deleted surprise surprise (laughs) but i'm back on a new one um so yeah, I just started like running with it and it's really grown from there. And then I started up my podcast not that long ago, actually, I'm kind of newer to podcasting and I found that it's like a totally different beast. It's like a totally different skill set for sure, you know, because I'm used to just making these little seven second, 15 second uh, videos and then you try to do long form and like you really like, I don't know, I, kudos to you guys. Like I, it seems like you've been doing yours for longer because um, it is a total skill set. It's very cool to learn though. Yeah, definitely. Um, tell me about the, I guess, elaborate. Tell me about the Taxis podcast um, and what it represents. Yeah, so basically the whole idea was like doing what I do now with these kind of like snarky anti-government posts, right? Uh, but doing the long form version. Um, and so I've had like different libertarians on, but I've also had mindset people on and stuff like that because the whole focus really is just like how do we help people who come from these communities how how do i like help people all around the whole thing like mindset stuff um what you you know what's best voting wise and what would actually lead to more opportunities and then also like kind of showing people who do think that they're helping right because you have a lot of people who vote based on empathy um for more like top-down government authoritarianism thinking that they're helping poor communities um and so i'm pretty like into showing that specifically how 
like, no, you're actually harming these poor communities by what you're voting for. I mean, you think you're helping and I totally get it. And you're trying to be empathetic, but you're actually like doing the exact opposite. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to like explain all of that and make it somewhat funny and entertaining or something like that. Yeah, cool. Um, in your opinion, how would you describe uh, where America is positioned um, moving forward into the future? Um, I guess, not getting too political here, but generally speaking, where do you see um, the U.S. position? Like how so? Um, do you think it's in a good place or do you think it's a bad place? Um, and I guess politically too, um, where, yeah, where do you see it going in the future? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's definitely gotten to a pretty rough place, right? We ha definitely have a lot of issues. But overall, I'm, like, really white-pilled about it. Overall, I'm I'm very optimistic and see things going in, like, a positive fashion because uh, with all of the craziness and everything, it's really, like, shaking people up, right? So there was a ton of people who didn't even know how our financial system worked, right? They didn't, they didn't know anything about, like um, – just like how our currency functions or anything like you literally had some people that thought that we we're still on the gold standard right like no our money our money's like worth something and it's like well they had no idea what fractional reserve banking was or any of it so um but with all of the kind of insanity that's happened people have started to have have to pay attention to that also kind of that one specifically crypto really woke a lot of people up with that right like got them interested in money um like, why is crypto different than what we have going on? What is sound money? Stuff like that. So that's really cool and positive. Um, also, I think just, I mean, the internet for all of its problems also brings so many awesome solutions. You know, like when it comes to decentralization, you can now go online and like do anything you want to do. So the job opportunities are endless, which is amazing. Um, the creativity is endless, which is amazing. And not only that, but the resources, right? So like you now have access to all of the top doctors that are creating content online instead of just your local physician in your small town, right? So I don't know. I look at that kind of stuff and I'm like, how can it not keep getting better, right? Like we're we're just implementing more and more positive stuff. And of course, it always comes along with some negative shit. Like that's unavoidable. But I think overall, it's more positive than it's negative, And we're moving in like a more positive direction. Yeah, cool. Thanks for sharing the insights. All right. Um, tell me about why you actually believe um, big government actually harms poor, um, poor people. Yeah, sure. So uh, there's a lot of examples of this. Like you can go down a whole laundry list. Um, I'll kind of share a few of them, right? So when you start to get into like handouts and welfare programs and things like that, we have over 80 different welfare programs that we spend federal money on, which is a lot. We spend a lot of money on these. And the, while the intent is good, a lot of the outcome is really bad. So uh, one example of that is like dependency traps, right? So a dependency trap is say a single mother is like she's making, I'm just going to pull out some random numbers, whatever. $30,000 a year, right? And she qualifies for all of these uh, welfare benefits. So she qualifies for free healthcare and subsidized housing and free childcare and food stamps and blah, blah, blah. That's going to raise her up to a standard of living that's like, let's say $60,000 a year, right? So she's now accustomed to that $60,000 a year and she's living her life like that. Well, if she gets a small raise at her job or a small promotion, she tries to better her life that way. Um, 
just a small promotion can bump her completely out of qualifying for all of those, right? So she can go from $30,000 a year to making thirty two, and now she doesn't qualify for any of those other things. And now she went from living a $60,000 lifestyle all the way down to $32,000 lifestyle because she doesn't qualify for the benefits anymore. So in her perspective, it's a very dumb decision to try to earn more money. It's a very dumb decision to like better her skills or anything like that. It kind of creates this incentive to stay stagnant, this incentive to stay on um, the programs. And that's what, what they call a dependency trap. Right. And then there with that, there's also um, asset tests that come along too. So say she wants to start like squirreling away money on the side and um, increasing her savings account. Well, as soon as she hits a certain amount in her savings account, she, doesn't qualify for those um, additional benefits anymore. So all of a sudden, like she's now disincentivized from savings as well. So she's kind of just completely disincentivized from trying to do more and trying to like better herself or up her life or anything like that, because it's going to be a poor financial decision for her. So it creates this kind of dependency. And what do you think the solution is? Yeah. So definitely like it, like I would say, like if I was a government, I, that would be kind of the opposite of what I would do. Like you want to incentivize productivity. You want to incentivize creativity. Um, so having it set up like that is kind of crazy, but we also have this issue where, so Americans are very generous, right? Like people like to say, Oh, if, if you didn't force people to pay taxes, nobody would pay for anything. And I always use the example, like, um, if there's some GoFundMe for like a hamster that needs a wheelchair, people will pay it. Like that hamster is going to get a wheelchair, right? Like Americans chip in for anything and everything and kind of always have. So this whole like idea that we wouldn't chip in is crazy. But what the government has done is created a monopoly on the poverty, right? So like even to feed homeless people in like the majority of cities across America, you have to go to the government and get a permit for it. You're, otherwise, it's illegal. So it's illegal for you, even as an organization, as a church, anything to feed homeless people, which is absolutely wild. So they create this whole situation where they have a monopoly on helping the poor or you have to go get a license for it to make sure like the government says it's OK. Um, and so I would say like getting rid of those things, getting rid of those restrictions, allowing people to help out like on a community wide basis and stuff like that instead of the government monopolizing it and being like, no, 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 only we can do that. Or you have to come get a permit from us. Like stuff like that would be a big one. Um, and then you get into some of the other topics, right? Like how gun control harms people in poor communities, especially poor rural communities where the wait time for like a police officer to show up is very, very long. I think it's like three to six minutes uh, across America normally, but you get into rural areas and it can be 20 minutes plus. Um, I know like firsthand that one because I grew up in such a small town that we didn't have a police department. So all you had was like state troopers that would kind of be around the area ish. Um, so if you had to call the police, like you're waiting on a state trooper to get there. Right. So all of these things can negatively impact poor people and they don't get really looked at from that perspective as much. You know, you think you're helping, but a lot of times it ends up being a negative impact. Yeah, cool. That's, um, yeah, that's great insights. Um, tell me about, um, scarcity mindset, um, and what that means. And yeah, I guess elaborate on that more. Yeah. So scarcity mindset is basically this whole idea that there's not enough to go around or being like stuck in the negative loop, right. Of just 
just like uh, everybody's out to get me or I can't do anything better with my life because, you know, it's just everybody else has everything happen good for them. But like I have the worst luck or blah, blah, blah. And this is super prevalent in like poor communities, obviously, like it's what I grew up around. It, there's it's a lot of like culture based stuff. And then it's also really prevalent in like um, people who are like pro communism and stuff. This whole like idea that um, eat the rich, right? Like that whole movement. Um, so it's basically the kind of this idea of like, well, if I can't like nothing, nothing good's going to happen to me or the world's against me or the majority of things are negative. It's very black pilled. Um, and so the, the issue with that is you almost create a victim mentality for yourself and then everything you become a victim in a ton of different situations. And it's like, nobody else can pull you out of that except you. So it's this really tough thing trying to help people with that. Cause you have to be like ready to come out of it yourself. Right. You have to be ready to be like, I don't want to look at things that way anymore. And you have to embrace the personal responsibility that comes with getting out of it. And that's the hardest part. Right. Because like who, who wants responsibility when you can just like blame external factors constantly. Um, so yeah, that's the definition of scarcity mindset, I think. But I don't remember if you asked the second part of the question. Sorry. Yeah. So tell me about, uh, even better, tell me about the abundance opposite. Um, and I'm assuming, well, I definitely obviously got abundance mindset yourself. Um, how did you actually get that? Like, how did you, you know, obviously you've come from, obviously, as you said, like a poorer background in a small kind of area. How, you know, you've done incredible, you know, should be have how did you how did you get that mindset? Yeah, so um, it was a lot of work. That's where it, like that is a toughie because I used to be like a complete 180 from where I'm at now. I used to be like the person who hated all things like personal development or like anybody like coming at you with like a positive mindset. I'd be like, oh, fuck off. Like, fuck you. You know, like <laughs> I, I didn't want anything to do with it. Um, and honestly, what did it for me? I was like. 19 or 20 and i was watching the news like the business channel and i realized i didn't understand any of the numbers at the bottom of the screen or the arrows pointing anywhere and i was like i need to learn the stock market <laughs> that was like <laughs> that was like my dumb blonde moment of i need to learn the stock market and so i i just started googling stuff right i just started trying to teach myself basic economics because you, they don't teach you this in your government funded public schools, which is insane. Um, but so I just started trying to teach myself that and I just I, I've always wanted more. Right. So but my mindset lagged behind. That was what was kind of holding me back for a lot of it. It wasn't like it was not for like lack of work. I always had like two jobs while I went to high school, stuff like that. It wasn't for that. It was my mindset that was holding me back. I just didn't know it. So I start getting into like trying to teach myself the stock market and it leads to reading, starting to read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Ki How do you say his last name? Kiyosaki. Yeah. And yeah. And um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. You know, like your base, super basic like finance bro books. Right. <laughs> and I, so I start reading them and a lot of the stuff in there is like mindset based. And so I wasn't happy about it at the time, but I was like, I guess I have to work on my mindset. Like, all these people in these books are saying that a huge difference between like abundance mentality and scarcity mentality is straight up just your own mindset. And when, 
it's really crazy because once you start looking at the world like it's full of opportunities, you see the opportunities. But basically what you're doing in that scarcity mindset is just keeping yourself in this tiny little box, right? You're closing off all of the opportunities because you're saying we're not looking for those. It's like keeping your head down and walking forward like that as opposed to an abundance mindset. You're like lifting it up and going, I, I'm open. I'm open to all the opportunities. Like, let's see what I can find kind of thing. And you're going to, if you're looking for something, you're a lot more likely to find it, right? So it was just all about, I slowly started to do that. I slowly started to do things that put myself out of my comfort zone. So like I had, I would have like really bad social anxiety around anybody I that was kind of like out of my comfort zone economically. For example, this is so silly, but like I would have social anxiety trying to go to a Starbucks because I was like, it felt uncomfortable for me. It was like kind of rich people went to Starbucks, right? And so I was like so uncomfortable. I didn't understand the menu, tall, grande. What I was so like uncomfortable. But instead of like just staying in my comfort zone and refusing to go, I would make myself continue to go, have embarrassing moments where I didn't know what to order or whatever. And um, until I just kept, you know, pushing myself to do that. Same thing with like going to a restaurant. I never went out to eat growing up. I didn't know how to like, eat with like a fork and a knife right because I'd only ever done like the sideways fork cutty thing <laughs> so yeah. like I was like and I had really bad social anxiety going to restaurants and silly little things like that that you don't really think about but I would just force myself to do them and just put myself in the situation over and over and over again through the anxiety and like the social awkwardness um until I got comfortable and so it's like now I would I would never go to like in Applebee's or Ruby Tuesdays, probably it's just like not my jam anymore. But that used to be fancy for me. Like that, you that used to be like bougie, and I was scared of it. So it's it's really about like that. It's about like you you're the only one that can do it for you, right? But you have to go. Hey, I'm gonna hold myself accountable and keep pushing myself and putting myself in these situations that make me uncomfortable to grow. It's the same thing with like working out. Like you have to be uncomfortable to gain muscle, right? Like or lose fat or whatever you're trying to do. Like you have to you have to be uncomfortable to do it, but then you get the growth out of it. So yeah, it's like that. Amazing. You know, yeah, you should be very proud. You know, you've done incredible. It's, yeah, well, well thank you. Yeah. But it's a lot of, it's a lot of just being okay with embarrassing yourself, honestly. <laughs> Same thing with like growing <laughs> online. That's the big one. When like people, people ask like, how do I figure out what I, I do, like what I want to do if I want to work for myself or own my own business or anything like that? And I've I've owned a few different businesses, like online e-commerce businesses. I used to um, have a online wholesale clothing company, like things like that. And it's like, well, you honestly just have to do things and just be okay with looking really cringe at the beginning because the fact is is you're gonna look cringe at the beginning, right? So like I do Instagram modeling. The first photos I took were if I look back, I'm like, oh my god <laughs> yeah. horrible i'm like deer in the headlights the lighting's horrible it's just like it's awful but the only reason why i got to the level that i'm at now is because i allowed myself to just put it up and be like this is the best i could do right now <laughs> like it's all i got um and then and now i'm sure i'll look back five years from now and be like totally cringe at what i'm doing now too right you know so you just have to be okay with that i call it um throwing noodles at the wall like when you cook spaghetti you know and you throw noodles at the wall and you just see what sticks that's all you can do definitely um and yeah i think it's um trial and error you learn mm -hmm. you grow you know you gotta just be yeah you just gotta get used to it and you get better and better and more confident and stronger and yeah there's just so much it definitely goes to the abundance mindset like you know the more you do things the better and better 
life just becomes. Even though it, at times it can be uncomfortable, you just keep pushing through. Yeah, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Exactly. Um, what are your ambitions for the future? Yeah, so I definitely want to keep growing my podcast. Like that's been so fun getting to meet different people and talk to different people from like all kinds of backgrounds has been awesome and amazing. I've really enjoyed that. Uh, so that's a big one for me. Like that's kind of my main focus right now. And then um, I'm also working on a book. So that would be super cool. Uh, public speaking. I want to work on that when like we're talking about trying to level up and, and get better. That's one that I'm super uncomfortable with right now. Um, so I just did a like an event and it was my first kind of like legit public speaking thing. I was so nervous. I totally bombed. I was just up there like, <laughs> it was horrible. But I, so now I know it's like, oh, great. Okay. Now I got to like go put myself in a bunch of public speaking situations to get over that. So like, I'm not nervous. You know what I mean? So that's that one I'm like looking forward to, but not, you know what I mean? It's like one of those things where it's like, great. I got a bunch of work ahead of me on that, but that's a big, that's a big ambition for sure. Cool. I look forward to seeing you in the future killing it in public speaking. Oh, man, yeah, just, ho <laughs> just hopefully not pouring sweat or stuttering at that point, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the book going to be based about? Yeah, so that's going to be about, um, like, having an abundance mindset uh, based in individualism and, like, uh, kind of rejecting the collective, the popular collectivism that's happening right now. Okay, cool. Um, and... For somebody in a similar situation or position as yourself previously, as you mentioned, you know, starting off and things that look cringe, um, what advice would you give them? If they want to start doing stuff online and they're about yeah, being yeah, cringe? Yeah. The, well, not just that, but I guess, you know, coming from a poorer background or not um, not having, I guess, the infrastructure to grow, you know what I mean? Like, or coming from a different environment where obviously other people have a, more far events, far events, sorry, um, environment um, or background, you know, obviously you're, you're doing incredible and you, you know, I guess to a certain degree defying the odds. Um, what advice would you give someone, you know, that you're inspiring to, you know, take your out, you know, because you never know obviously who's listening and who's watching, um, you know, you're inspiring other people to, you know, push, push through, right, and do it. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to take my route, but like <laughs> uh, a big part of it is so I, like one thing that kind of sucks when you come from uh, an impoverished community, when you start trying, like the people around you are going to do that whole what's it called? Like the crabs in the pot thing, you know, where they you start to try to climb up and they're going to pull you down. Um, and a lot of times it's not even like intentional, you know, but it'll be like close friends, family, like this is a pretty common occurrence thing. Like once you start trying to do a little better or whatever, they, it almost kind of attacks their ego. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I live this life. What are you trying to say? Like you're better than this, you know, it's like that. And so unfortunately you're going to have to deal with a lot of that, but knowing that it's coming or knowing that it happens to a lot of people, I feel like helps out a lot. And you almost have to embrace kind of the solo journey. You, you have to embrace like like, like I said, even like being cringe online, right? You're going to post stuff and you're going to get attacked. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. I saw um, a video the other day on TikTok that was literally just a fridge restocking video. It was like this chick just doing like an aesthetically pleasing fridge restock because she had all these like drawers and organizers or whatever. She was like full-blown 
beautiful fridge lady. And, um, so she's like restocking the fridge and it had gone viral and I opened the comments and it's just a bunch of negative comments on this like fridge. Like you would think like, how can a fridge restock trigger anybody? Right. But people were all in there about how much plastic she had or like well, the kind of food she was putting in her fridge or must be nice to be rich or, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like just assuming all these things about her just off a fridge restock. Um, and so like when you see stuff like that, you have to know it doesn't matter what you're going to do, like no matter what your niche you're going to have people that just like want to crap on you for some reason. Cause that's just what they do. You know, they're upset with their life and they kind of want to share the misery. Um, so you have to also embrace the solo journey there and not let that get to you. Right. So don't let people online get to you. You just have to kind of stand strong and be like, no, I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm going to like climb the mountain or whatever. And it's okay. If some people throw tomatoes, I'm just going to keep going. Uh, and then once you hit a certain level, it's really funny because it, it kind of flips all of a sudden, like the people that were making fun of you for wanting to start your own business are asking you for advice and stuff like your family's coming back around. People are like, we'll start asking you for money, you know, all those wonderful things. Um, so it's not about what you're doing. It's just the fact that you're trying that kind of is going to tick people off and you have to know that ahead of time and be okay with it and kind of like get your little armor on and, and be ready, but stay strong. Like, just stay true to yourself the whole time, and you'll be golden. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful, and I couldn't agree more. You've got to embrace it, you know what I mean? You know, it's um, the road less traveled a lot of the time, so it's going to be solid, and, you know, it's going to be hard and challenges uh, along the way. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But it's a little bit of the fun of it, too, and you, you grow to have so much more – self-confidence and like just pride in yourself you know it's the same thing like i guess bringing it back to the working out thing you know once you start to see the actual like results and the the benefits and everything you're like oh yeah i built that like i did that that's pretty freaking cool like i built that from nothing and i did it by myself and that's pretty freaking cool and you start to just get just a lot more yeah just you're proud of yourself and you're happy with just yourself and that's a really really cool feeling and i also i feel like you treat better or like treat other people better when you have that mindset right like all of a sudden you're happy with yourself and so you're spreading happiness instead of you know trying to tear other people down like the the kind of sad people that we mentioned before so it, there's so many benefits to it it's really really cool it's a fun journey and it's one that kind of never ends either right so it's like yeah, I've come a long way, but I still have a long way to go. So, never stops. Um, mm -hmm. So you, you're obviously um, very self-independent. Um, you know, obviously you've touched on it that you've done a lot of the work. Have you had any mentors? Have you had any like any of your peers, um, or have you had anyone actually, I guess, help you and support you? Um, so trying to think like not really like uh in-person mentors but like I said I I kind of got that from like I started reading books and then I went online and was like listening to uh personal development I'm like addicted to personal development now right so like anything um I can consume that's gonna help me learn and grow and uh just be better that's what I'm like obsessed with consuming now so uh there's just a ton of people like online and stuff that I've met or even just that I've consumed their content that have helped me exponentially. But I actually haven't. Yeah. Like I haven't had a ton of people in real life uh, and you have to be kind of okay with that. Right. Um, I'm sure I could like seek someone out, but I haven't, I haven't come across anybody in real life. 
Well, that's even, you know, more more kudos to you. It's amazing, you know. Like, it's the, that, that's the hardest part, I guess, not having a mentor is, you know, you have to do it yourself um, where other people might even be exposed or have that um, around them. So, yeah, that's incredible. Um, what motivates you daily? Um, yeah, I think just just trying to advance. Like, I just, I always, every single day I want to be better, right? Because I feel like if you start, I don't know, I'm like a shark. Like if you stop swimming, you die kind of thing. Like if you aren't growing, I feel like you're dying. Um, so I don't ever want to be stagnant. And I just have this kind of, yeah, just growth mindset. I've gotten really, really into the growth mindset and just wanting to grow every single day on any level, right? So um, be a little bit healthier or uh, be like a little bit more mindful, work on meditation a little bit more or grow my business a little bit more or whatever I can do that day to just be a little bit better. And once you start doing that and you get consistent at it, it really becomes like a whole lifestyle thing where you're just like, it's almost like a game, right? It's like, ooh, how can I be better today? Yeah, awesome. And you know when you just said the negative comments, Does if somebody says anything negative to you or comments to you negative, um, does that affect you at all still? No, not now. Um, that was a thing that I definitely went through, though, at the beginning. So especially when you're talking politics, right? So I, when I first started, I fell into the whole trap of thinking people were genuine. So I thought that, like, everybody that was commenting, like, if they – they like genuinely didn't understand what I was saying or they genuinely um, were asking a question. But then it took me a little while of realizing like, oh, they're not being genuine. Like there's, you can't, like there's no like back and forth that you can have. They just want to fight you or put you down or whatever. And they're not like out to have a genuine conversation with you. Uh, but yeah, that took me a little, a little bit to learn. So I had a couple back and forth where I'd be like, no, that's not what I said at all. I don't get, I don't understand, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm trying to be like super like, Ex- like explaining it to them and i'm like no if i'm just like logical enough they'll get it right wrong like <laughs> don't have that mentality um but so they they get to you though especially at the beginning because i feel like you're not really used to people treating you like that at, at that level right because there's always some sort of like consequence if you're just yelling this stuff at people in real life um so we don't do it as humans to the extent that you come across it on say Twitter, right? Like the, it's like, is it a level of insanity? Um, and especially when you hit into like the mob mentality stuff. So if you like trigger a group and then they swarm your social media pages and their whole intent is just to bring you down, you know, their whole intent is to like report all your videos and downvote everything and just ruin you as much as they can. They want you just like wiped off the face of the internet. Right. Um, so like, you're not used to that kind of kind of level of insanity that you'll get online. And so at the beginning, it's very, very normal to like have that bother you. Another thing too is like I have a tendency to beat myself up for getting upset, right? Or getting triggered by something or letting something bother me. Um, and that's something I've had to kind of work through as well as being like, okay, I'm a human and I have human emotions and it's okay that like, when a hundred people are yelling like shit at me that I was like, so they're just trying to like attack me at every possible angle. They're like, what's going to make her the most upset if we call her this or that or blah, blah, blah. You know, um, it's like, it's okay to have a reaction and be like, man, this is a little rough, you know, like, Oh, this is kind of a bummer. It's okay to feel like that. Um, 
but like don't let the looters win right like don't let the destroyers win it kind of reminds me of like like kids on the beach building sandcastles and then another kid just comes up and stomps on it and crushes it and it's like for what (laughs) like why you know and it's like don't let those people win because that's not what life's about right so i don't know you just it takes it takes time it takes a little bit like at first like one or two negative comments is going to eat you up and then eventually it's like you could have a whole barrage of them and you're like oh hey they're mad at me today Hmm." you know interesting i even have a couple of like people who more than a couple i have a handful of um people who follow me just to like hate comment on every post and when i don't see it now i'm like how's brian doing i want like i wonder where where brian is (laughs) (laughs) he hasn't hate commented in a few videos i hope he's okay (laughs) (laughs) so you definitely Uh, it's just like exposure therapy and you'll get used to it yeah you've definitely uh built um thick skin that's for sure yeah yeah you, you have to for sure yeah um what are your hobbies and passions aside from i guess you keep busy what do you like to do in your downtime or to relax or yeah what are what are your passions or hobbies yeah so i love spending time outside so anything i can do to like get outside especially with like doing this like podcasting and making social media content and being inside a lot for a lot of work um i love to get outside hiking running um if you couldn't have guessed i work out a lot um i like uh, this personal development has taken over a lot of my hobbies like reading and audiobooks and other people's podcasts I love to consume. Um, stuff like that, yeah. Cool. And um, if you were 18 again and you could change anything, this could be personally or professionally, what would you change? Oh, I hate to be that like no regrets person. I have the, the ink to prove it, but um, I, I really <laughs> like, I think I look at everything like a lesson. You know, and it's like if I wouldn't have gone through everything, I wouldn't be here and maybe I would be somewhere better. But like, I don't know, I've learned a lot and I've grown a lot and I think that's wicked awesome. And so I I don't think I would change anything. I had to grow, go through a lot of it to learn the lessons, you know. Yeah, cool. Um, Elizabeth, thanks for coming on the podcast. I do appreciate it. I really enjoyed interviewing. I think, you know, you've done amazing, you know, you're very strong and independent and yeah, I really look forward to your future and, you know, your trajectory you're on. Thank you. I mean, this has been one heck of an ego stroke, so I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do you for a while. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cool.